I am unashamed. What about you? Jace, let me tell you something that have it probably has not happened to you, son, because you're a young buck. But, Phil, I'm not young, but thank you. Yeah, you're getting on to your fifties, but but young the young bucks are now in their fifties, and I've hit my seventies. That means look, everybody's young. Well, I don't want to say that. I was gonna say, you know, you're getting old when everybody else is young. That's right. Okay. So I go in there. Uh, usually, I'll take me a nap after we go duck hunting. We come back, we get our ducks cleaned, whatever you know. And I go in there and take me a nap. Well. I was a little late on my nap time. Usually it's about 2 o'clock. I, I sleep for an hour, and I feel like a million dollars when I get up at 3 I o'clock. I did the exact thing during duck season. Okay. Well, here's what you don't want to ever get into because it was a shocker, and I was dazed and confused for about 45 minutes. Oh. I go in there, and I lie my head down on the pillow at 3 o'clock. I said, well, 3 o'clock. I'll sleep about an hour. I'm a little late on my nap. I sleep better from two to three instead of from three to something. Well, I go in there and and I wake up. I mean, I went sound asleep. Well, when I woke up, I looked up at the clock and the clock said 525. Oh, wow. So I thought, I said, look at this. I said, you duck slept. season was going on at the time. You slept said, all afternoon, said, all night. What I said was, I said, I looked at the clock, and it was, of course, dark. Daylight saving time moved. You go back. So it was dark at 525. <laughs> well, I'm thinking it's 525 <laughs> in the morning, and I've just missed the duck hunt because y'all yeah. already gone. So I come tearing up in there. I said, good. Not, I cannot believe that I missed a day of duck season by oversleeping. <laughs> I said, I never heard of that. So I walk out of the end of my living room. I'm thinking, well, it's 525. I missed that. When I, when I walk in, Burl is sitting there. I said, Burl, how come you're not with the, the – the, they already left? And Burl said, left where? I said, to go duck hunting. He said, what, at night? And I said, I said, well, it's, I said, hey, dude, it's 525 in the morning. We are running late. We got to move. He overslept, too. So I get him. I said, we both overslept. So I'm sitting there fighting over him on what time it is. And it's 525 in the evening, and we have all night before the duck hunt. Yeah. But I thought. The, oh, I see. I see. No, I've so never done that. I was very confused for a little bit. I said, what in the world? I said, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute, I'm going duck hunting in the morning at 5. I said, we get up at 4. I said, Because I'm, you took an hour later, and it, the clock, the a.m., p.m., got you. I was looking at 5.25 in the evening when it was – and when, it, when what I thought it was was 5.25 in the morning. There's so, something about when you sleep, everything you, – you lose all sense of – of what time it is. That's why I said the first thing you do when you wake up is find a clock. That's right. Because if you don't, you have no idea. I normally don't have to set my clock to where it rings at 4 o'clock to get me up to go duck hunting. I just get up and I look at the clock and I turn it off and I go in and I'm... I'm I did the same I'm, thing I'm, after a while. Your yeah. body just... gets It's like the split. When the split happened the next morning at 4 o'clock, my eyes went open. Yep. So I sleep the, the two and a half hours instead of the normal hour. It's 525 <clears throat> in the evening, and I thought it was 525 in the morning. Well, you know what, so, you, you, know what you call that, Dad? You call that a preview. Getting pre old. Well, it's a preview because there's going to come a point in time if you stay on the earth long enough that you'll be like that all the time, just bewildered. Like yeah. You, you don't. Is am I coming? Am I going? Did I hunt? Did I not hunt? Yeah. That, that's a preview. That's Miss K right now. <laughs> she's a. She's your mama is a bewildered woman <laughs> because she come and she said I cannot believe I forgot what I did without my purse. So the hunt's on for the purse. I cannot believe what I did with my cell phone. She's hunting that. She's always on the hunt for something. By the way. Uh, she walked back in the back room and getting some blankets out of a closet. Well, she comes running in there all fired up, and she says, there's mold on everything back there. And I said, what? <clears throat> she said, there's mold all over everything <clears throat> in that closet. <clears throat> so I walked back there, 
and I and I look and I see all this mold on this closet. Well, the closet is stacked full of just kids' toys, babies, uh, little baby uh, dolls, you know. And so I'm 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 getting in there saying, "Where is all this moisture coming from?" So I start tearing into it. There was a pile. Oh, I'm not kidding. Six, eight foot tall in the middle of the room. I'm just getting. Whose is it? Huh? Miss Kay, your your oh. mama is a hoarder type. <clears throat> she has hoarding tendencies. <laughs> I'm piling up this stuff until I get down to the floor of the closet. And when I look, the floor of the closet, the substructure, the the lumber, the the floor joists had rotted away. This house we live in, you know, been there. Y'all all built houses, but I didn't. I said, ah, oh, I don't want a big house. <laughs> so I go back there, and that, that back floor had dropped down. Let me put it this way in redneck terms. The floor had dropped down to where there was a crack in the floor that a full-grown possum could have gone through. It, my flooring is dropped down and hit the ground. Really? And, and the air... Underneath that house, dark, you know, the water comes through there, come when it rains. <clears throat> so th- that floor dropped out, and I said, I'm glad you called me in on this, Miss Kay, because we're going to have to replace our floor. <laughs> After <laughs> when, 52 when you years. See the ground? Uh, yeah. I was looking at the ground through, through, my, through my back room closet. And well, were, that's happened before. She said, they're little droplets of things like, you know, poop from animals. I said, well, tell me about it. I said, there's been a lot of things we, in this you closet. You remember when we had the guy come duck hunting with us? And he said, where's your bathroom? Oh, and Hog Matthews. Him. Yeah. And uh, we started hearing some beating and banging. And, I heard and grunting. boards breaking. Boy, and so I walked in there and opened the door. And he's standing on the ground in the bathroom with, with about chest high. Above the and floor. I walk in and say, "What are you doing?" And he said, "This old this floor needs replacement. We might well get on it." He fell through the floor. He fell through now the he's floor. a big guy. He's a big man. And was, it, uh, was he so, your uh, your center dad? Uh, he played football with you, right? He actually played tackle. Oh, tackle. Okay. He so was one of my tackles. We call him Stump. And his name was Hog Stump the Hog Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, he tore my my bathroom floor up at a hole like this, and he's standing on the ground looking around at it. He said, all this stuff is rotted out, Phil. We need to replace that. I said, well, I guess we might as well. You've already started on it. I got to replace it now. So we put a new floor in. So when I hear a name like that, I think of these where everybody, you know, you go around at some of these church socials, and they're like, give your name. And I'm Stump the Hog Matthews. Should I call you Hog? So I got a carpenter. He's looked at the whole thing. He said, we can fix it. By the way, uh, for all you listeners that are running from the from the mold, I mean, this old carpenter said, I've been around here building stuff for 50 years. He said, don't worry about mold. There's people the running, house I was raised in, in the house Who's I was raised in was a log cabin. And if you want to take a leak as a male, you just open some shutters and just peed out the back, just peed out the window. But there's no window there, it was just shutters. But I'm, you're looking outside. I could see outside through the house. Yeah. I mean, it was was not a warm. It was fine. No, no gas heaters and all this. It was just a fireplace in one well, end. Even when I was, I was telling Missy the other day, we were talking about something. And somebody said they had a pet squirrel. I said, well, I had a pet squirrel when I was a kid. Do you remember that when I had that little oh, yeah. pet squirrel? Yep. And uh, my daughter said, well, what happened to him? I said, well, he, he died. He froze to death. And she's like, well, how did you let him freeze? I was like, well, he froze to death in the house. <laughs> I said, I was in the back room, and when it gets cold, you just got more blankets. There was no heat back there. The wood <clears> stove <throat> was up at the front of the house. So I woke up one morning and looked, and my squirrel was dead. I've and told I was like, people too cold. I should have got him a blanket. <laughs> I've told people for years that the way we were raised, one thing came out of it, and the experts studied it carefully, is that no one out there in the country like that, they, because in those days polio was the big, uh, the, the scare uh, disease. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't cancer. No. It wasn't like, you know, pandemic type thing. No, 
it was just polio was getting the the city children but none of the children out in the country they noticed they researched it they had developed some kind of immunity and i always took it to mean when you're living in a house with wind coming through the shutters and you know some of the old the they're there like concrete and mud mm. shoved in between the logs but but we lived it was 1850ish like but it was 1950 you see what i'm saying yeah my dad he, he's he's paul your grand grandfather he, he wasn't much on uh frills i mean it was a <laughs> log house i mean you could see through the cat he didn't know, like the bells and whistles no I like it when just basic things like heat and things like that are, are considered frills. I mean, yeah. when when pets are freezing to death in the house, it may be time to warm it up a little bit. Al, don't run from the mold. That's what I got out of all that. <laughs> well, my long lost my long lost daughter showed up. Her and her husband, and with them, they live right next to us now. They brought a half dingo, uh, you know, half blue healer. One of these wild dogs that come out of Australia. Well, I'm sitting there and, and I hear a big racket. I'm watching the ball game and I look around and there's a dog fight that ensued. Well, all I saw was just grayish looking, this grayish looking animal. He's inside my house. I don't know how the dog got there, but I'm he looking probably for can't a club. The floor. Oh, I'm looking for a club to, to kill. I thought it was a coon. <laughs> But but it was this half dingo, half blue healer. And that thing was just going from there was a fight in my living room. All well, that the dogs. Been bad if the first thing you did with your newfound daughter was kill their dog because you thought it was a raccoon that had stumbled up into your That house. is right. So when I when I came to my senses, I, I said, wait a minute, I had a one of them people send me sticks, staffs. And I had a staff, and I was fixed to kill the coon. I said, that's not a coon. That's that dingo that lives. That's my daughter's dog. I said, well, I said, when they get over this fighting, we'll just invite her in because she came anyway. We got one of these flaps in the doors, and she figured it out. Well, now they put a this big old round-looking thing on their necks. She put a, a round plastic thing around the dog's neck. And when she tries to come through the square, she can't she can't get through the the door so i said oh you don't have to worry about it we're not gonna kill her or anything it's the, just let it's her the stay. cone she's of shame right. the dog had uh surgery or something so he's got one of them dog cones you see him, bobo sneaky and freaky my dog sneaky and freaky the dumbest dogs on planet earth <laughs> bobo is smart as a whip he understands the english language all three of them descended on the dingo and it was quite the scrap i mean <laughs> i mean it was a dog fight which was pretty interesting. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Did all this happen after your your bewildered nap? <laughs> I mean, this, this was... happened after the bewildered nap. <laughs> I'm starting perfect... to think maybe this was some kind of dream or vision or something. I don't even know how. It's it a perfect even... segue to the resurrection because really, as Christians, that's hey, yeah, Jason. I think that's why they translated falling asleep is because we're just going to take a nap. That's probably right. Hey, let's take a break and then, then dive in. So uh, would everybody here agree that one of the major problems uh, in America is kids are spending too much time looking at screens? Oh, yeah. Is that, what, yeah. Is that You think that's a problem, Dad? Too, too many cell phones and computers? Uh, that is a big problem. They're not <laughs> mature enough to handle the amount of what's there. And, and and what happens is a lot of times it's just really out of boredom. And a lot of people just use these iPads and phones as a babysitter for their kids. And it's really not doing us, uh, uh, you know, it's really not working out well for our culture. So we got a new sponsor, and I'm super excited to tell you guys about it. And it's called Annie's Kit Clubs. And what they do is basically they will send you every month a different uh, kit club for your kids to be able to work with their hands. It's crafts for, 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 it could be woodworking, all these different things that they do. Great idea. Hmm. I went to their website, a lot of really cool stuff that's on there. And so basically, Sign me up. you're getting I'm them in off on the this. screen and you're getting them in something in their hands. I can't wait for my grandkids to try this. So here's what you do. You go to Annie's, A-N-N-I-E-S, Kit Clubs, all one word, Annie's Kit Clubs.com slash fill 
they're going to give you 75% off uh, right now, which is oh, great. Wow. So it's a great, and especially, you know, for a good Christmas thing, if you jump in there fast. So it's Annie's. 75%? 75% off. It's a great yeah. gift idea. Sign Annie, me up. Annie'sKitClubs.com slash Phil. Check them out and get your kids off the screen. So we got into, we got into the last chapter of the book of John. That's where we are. We're about ready to wrap this puppy up. Where it all started. But you don't ever really wrap it up. No, you don't. Just, uh, by the, just, no. just so everybody be on the same, I, I'm just going to quote one verse. Jesus predicted he would die, be buried, and raised from the dead. Isaiah and others predicted exactly how it would go down. Isaiah 53 is the most uh, precise and concise story about what's going to happen 700 years from now. So when Jesus dies, is buried and raised from the, de- the dead, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John recorded it. They all recorded the same story, the reason being, so you can't miss it at all. Well, you get over after Jesus went back into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, the apostle Paul says this, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which John recorded along with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which you received, it's something that you received on which you've taken your stand, you have to stand on it and not move. Do not budge. By this gospel, you're saved. Now, right there at this point, you're saying, so what exactly is it? Okay. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. You have to get this on straight. The sequence of events. What I received, the Apostle Paul, on the road to Damascus, everybody remembers his conversion. I passed on to you, only time in the Bible this is said like this, as of first importance, this is the most important thing that's ever happened in the history of mankind. This is number one. You missed this, and you have missed it. That Christ died for our sins, as John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke recorded. He died for our sins. Now listen to this. According to the Scriptures, what John said is true. You have to hold on to this in order to be set free. According to the scripture, he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. They were predicted. The apostles wrote about them. The apostle Paul is elaborating on it, and the gospel is the death of Jesus, his burial, and his resurrection. And all these people that saw him and he ends it up by that little section at one point. If if Christ, uh, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, if there's no resurrection, he's zeroing in on that. We're to be pitied more than all men. That's just my warm-up saying you have to stand on the gospel. Believe it, receive it, and stand on it. Don't budge. It's not rocket science. Simple. And really, it's what we've talked about the whole book of John being is is the case for the, what you just laid out, right? I mean, we've, yep. we've seen that at every phase of, of what it is. In fact, we started it, Dad. I remember way back we started this study last year. You said, what's wrong with Jesus? I mean, the case for yeah. Jesus is pretty solid. Oh, well, I think what I found interesting, I mean, we're here in John 20. But three times after Jesus appeared to Mary, he said the same thing. If you look in John 20 and verse 19, they were all gathered. They had the doors locked, which we talked about that, but he now has a body that's transitional, transparent, or something. And he stood among them and said, peace be with you. And the disciples, it says, were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, 21, peace be with you. And then he said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So it's like, peace be with you because I've come back from the dead. Peace be with you because now you're going out there. I'm sending you out there. Now that and, now you come up with a good point. Well, let me read my last one. All and right. then he gets to, to Thomas, 
who wasn't at the first meeting, which told me he had his own agenda and agenda and narrative and he had isolated himself because of what happened, which is a bad move. Yep. And so he comes up there and says, Oh, you know, I won't believe it unless I see the nail marks and the scars. And then Jesus said, interesting enough in verse 26, peace be with you. And he said, put your finger here. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God, which I was only going to make on the third one. I think it is the point that this is not a creed. This is not a narrative. It's not a belief system. It's a person. Yep. And, and Thomas had been thinking all of these narratives and all these things in his mind and it didn't work, but he missed the same cause he had already missed it in John 14. Remember he was the same one that said, well, show us the way. How are we going to go? How are yeah. we going to know? Jesus yeah. said, I am the way it's yep. like we're revisiting <clears throat> this same thing, which I said all that to say three times. He says, peace be with you. And yes, the last podcast we did, you said there was something indescribable about the peace that we have when we lay our head on our pillow. But there's also a peace when we're out there in the world representing Jesus. And there's also a peace that we know that we have this fellowship with an actual living, loving person. And now it's in their hands. He's fixing to leave. When Luke recorded the same thing you talked about with Thomas, when Luke recorded, he said, <clears throat> this is what I told you while I was still with you. This is post-resurrection. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me and the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, now this is Luke's account, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And here's what's going to happen, and y'all are going to be the ones who go forward. <clears throat> Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached. He's talking to them. They're going to do it, and we're doing it 2,000 years later. It will be preached in the name of to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, which that's already happened. The gospel had been preached worldwide. It happened. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father's promised, the power of the Spirit. It's going to, the Spirit's going to be made available to every human being who puts their faith in the gospel. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. They did. And in Acts chapter 2, here comes the Spirit. And they're all speaking in all these different languages from all over the world. They said, this thing is going worldwide. It did go worldwide. What people don't understand is once you get off the sequence of events, God had to become flesh in order to die. We're saved by his blood. The blood removes our sins. God becomes a human so he could bleed because to get rid of sins, there has to be the shedding of blood. In this case, God shed his own through his son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And three days later, he said, by the way, uh, for the ones of you who put your faith in my death for you, he said, I will guarantee you, I will raise you from the dead and you will live forever like mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Now, it is the greatest story ever told, and we're not getting out of here without it, Jace. Yeah, That's I just agree. the bottom line. I was just pointing out that I think here in John, when he was having this conversation, he was having that shadow of peace with the Jews because they had the doors locked for fear of the Jews. And then he said, I'm sending you out, which I think would include the Gentiles eventually. Yep. And so later on, when they wrote, you know, in Romans 1 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God for the salvation first for the Jew and the Gentile. Yep. He basically was introducing what the world, you know, they're like, well, what do you wish for this? You know, we have the holiday season coming up. They're like world peace. Well, this is God's idea of world peace right here. You got Jews and Gentiles coming together. And you have Under a, one a way, yeah. And you have a way to uh, remove doubt about what happens next in, in the next line. Yep. Hey, let's right. take it. Let's take another break. So, our number one demographic on the uh, Unashamed podcast are young men. I think when you get about 25, 26, 27, you might start losing your hair. So, if you're 
I want to remind all you guys out there, if you're if you're listening or watching the podcast and your hair is not as full as it used to be, you could go to the doctor and then go get a prescription and then go to a pharmacy um, and uh, take whatever medicine they prescribe. Or you could get this get the same FDA-approved hair loss treatment from our sponsor, Keeps, from the comfort of your lazy boy. That's our sponsor, Keeps. Uh, Keeps is all online. You'll just have to answer a few questions. You take a few pictures of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your information and recommend the right hair loss treatment. All you got to do is you go to keeps.com slash door. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. And you get 50% off your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment. That's keeps.com slash door. Keeps.com slash door. The scripture, Jace, in Galatians 3, in Galatians 3, verse 8, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, and you just mentioned Jew and Gentile, by faith, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations, that's everybody, Jew or Gentile, doesn't make it that the color of your skin means nothing. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith, which is uh, a wonderful thing, the gospel being announced in advance way back in the day of Abraham. Pretty cool, Jace. Yeah. I just think it's awesome that when he got to the end after Thomas, he then, Jesus said in 29, he said, because you have seen me, you have believed. But then he equates, I think, us, because it said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And it just made me think, you know, most of the time when someone dies, the longer you get away from that death, especially if it was someone close to you, the more the memory it, fades away. Yeah, yeah, the memory fades and you lose that fellowship. But do you realize that Jesus, who died 2,000 years ago, that ha- the intimate fellowship with him, even though we don't see him, has never stopped that throughout is, every is, generation. That is correct. There's tens of thousands of people today who feel just as close to Jesus as it, as they did in this very moment. And, when, and I just think that's incredible. And when they sneer at us, like the group in Acts 17, the great minds of the Greek empire, when they heard God has given these appointed a day when he would judge this world with justice, he's given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. It yeah. said some sneer, Jason. Yeah. Well, do you think maybe there's a little sneering going on in America these days when it comes to Jesus? Yeah. They're sneering at us, Jace. But I think that's why if someone, Al, you need to preach a sermon on uh, those three moments of peace. I mean, I guess you've noticed that before. I, I, I Really, I read this and thought, well, he said the same thing three times in a span of this. Yeah, not only that, I think it was, you know, you were talked about first the idea said, I'm going to send you, you know, so he gives them, this is, you're going to take this forward. And then he gives them the power to do it because it said he breathed on them. Yeah, I think that kind of gave me the impression of what happened in the creation when he breathed life. Mm -hmm. Because it's like he gave them the ability, you're going to be spirit-led. I mean, it's probably symbolic, I guess, in the moment because the spirit falls out just a little time later. And or it could and, be, and then it, I think it, it was a sim- preview, it could be a preview, Jace, because Luke says in yeah. Luke it, in uh, twenty four he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. That's the way he put that same thing that happened. So mm-hmm. he did something that opened, well. The only reason I thought it was yeah, I do. I believe he did something. I mean, Jesus can do anything he wants to. Well, he's shape shifting. He's mind. Yeah, you know, body, he does, he got all kinds of stuff going on. But I think people kind of misunderstand that that because of the next verse, which I think is kind of controversial in the religious world. I don't mind addressing it. I'll give my opinion. Because then he says, if you forgive, in verse 23, if you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Well, a lot of people then puff themselves up as gods, and I'm without getting specific in the religious world, you know, like they have the ability to forgive sins. But 
I've always took that to mean in that I'm sending you out, and when you share Jesus, it's based on their decision whether their sin. I mean, he died for their sins, and they're forgiven. But if they they don't want it, okay. I mean, right. I don't know what y'all think, no, but I, he's I, saying I'm sending you out with me, with my spirit, with this breath, and when you declare that I'm Lord and you share the cross and the resurrection, people are then going to have a choice. Well, the sins being removed or not counted against them, however you want to say it, it does involve the human decision in that moment. Would you agree, or am I way off? No, I think that's right. I think he's saying you're going to be me now on earth going forward. I mean, you're going to be my representation. So that's why when you see all that's those... That's a way better way to put it. Well, that, he, that's he's exactly also, right. you got to keep in mind, he's also speaking to his disciples. So there may be uh, an apostolic authority that the disciples had that may not translate into... Well, it's like when you see the miraculous and the gifts and all the things that happen, they had the ability to impart that as well. But you never see an example in the early church, all through the epistles, where anybody else had that ability to impart the miraculous yeah. and all the things he did. So th they well, had something unique right. and special, the leaven. There's no doubt about they it. They did. Well, enough to when these guys wrote in the scriptures, it was directly from God and binding and it had God's authority because they were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If, you know, if I speak and yeah. tell you, hey, the Lord spoke to me, um, it's not. It's not binding. I can tell you that. I mean, I may, I may have felt something or whatever, but it's not. It's not binding. Yeah. These guys had apostolic authority, so I think there could be in this particular passage. I know one one uh, group of people would say that this was specifically given to the the uh, apostles because they had that early church um, power that was yeah. given to them by Christ. I like Colossians one verse three and following. We always thank God, the Father <clears throat> of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from the hope that's stored up for you in heaven that you've already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is producing fruit. He said, y'all are going to go out from here, and the fruit's going to come when you tell them about me, Jesus, and what I have done, what I'm now doing, and what I will do. All over the world, it's producing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you. This tells you it's not a long, drawn-out theological study. Since the day you heard it, it was short, Jace. It was a short message. Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. Y'all wanted or what? And understood God's grace and all this truth. You heard it from Epaphras. Well, Epaphras was one of those guys that got hooked up with the apostles. They said, Epaphras, go with us. He was a convert, and they just took off. To this day, it's just handed from one sharer of one Jesus person after the other. What's interesting, down at the bottom of that section, this is the gospel that you heard here at Colossae and that has been proclaimed at this time, by the time Colossians was written, to every creature under heaven, which I, Paul, have become a servant. It did go worldwide, and that text said it went worldwide in that time frame. It took off like a rocket. People were being killed for it. They were being stoned, but they just kept it up. Well, once up. you embrace Jesus as the Son of God, which he mentioned in the last verse of chapter 20 when he said he did a lot of other miracles that are not even written down, but these are written so that you will believe that he's the Son of God. Well, once you're shown people that you have the power to come back from the dead, they become the most courageous people on the planet. That's I mean, because look, people who are not scared to die, they're dangerous. We've seen that. Yep. That's, you know, you get back what happened to 9 11. Now, they believed a lie, but even believing a lie made them real dangerous because they didn't worry about dying. It, yeah. well, and Jesus promises us the same thing. Yep. Now, they'll say, well, you're believing a lie. But, you know, I have a lot more historical evidence. Uh, you know, the good thing about Jesus is his basis is love. 
and he's for everybody. I mean, you know, you just start seeing all the all the reasons why we believe is true. But you're right; it does make us courageous. Hey, Jays. You know, so yeah. Let's take another break. So it's the season for giving, and our good friends at Patriot Mobile are back with a brand new Christmas promotion. Until December nineteenth, you can get a Samsung A11 for yourself and for someone else. That's two phones absolutely free. Or you can use your own phone, you get a free month of service. So you get the same nationwide coverage because they're using the same towers as everybody else. Patriot Mobile, as we've told you before, is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. So you might want to check these guys out uh, if you're not happy with who you have now. Switching is very easy. You go to patriotmobile.com slash fill or you can call their U.S. customer base team at 972-PATRIOT. And if you're a veteran or a first responder, you're going to save even more when you go to check out. So same service, lower price, and they celebrate Christmas as well. So get free activation, a special gift with the offer code FEEL, patriotmobile.com slash FEEL. That's patriotmobile.com slash FEEL. Or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. Hey, going back to going back to First Corinthians fifteen that Phil mentioned at the beginning here, um, there is a big difference between dying for something that you believe is true, and dying for something that you knew would be false. You know, the the the, the interesting part about Jesus's story is that all of those martyrs had witnessed the resurrected Jesus. First Corinthians fifteen says he appeared to almost five hundred people over a period no, of what, forty days. So when those guys went to their grave never recanting the story, it wouldn't be the same thing as somebody today dying for something that they believe to be true because they would have known it to be false because what they were saying is, no, we saw the risen Lord yeah. and they went and they went to their grave with that declaration. That's totally different than... Oh, I agree. So who would die? The question would be, who would die for a lie knowing it was a lie? Yeah, yeah. nobody would. Certainly not, certainly not all of those people. Somebody would have recanted their statement and nobody did because it actually happened. Yeah, once the saw comes out, they're like, now you believe, you saw Jesus raised, right? Come back from the dead. I mean, if you didn't see him, you're like, hey, guy. <laughs> you know, once that comes out, you're, it, that's when the truth be told. If, but I, they said, go ahead and kill me. Because I'd rather be dead, take a nap. I'd rather take a nap than deny Jesus is the Son of God. Yep. Which I think that's what Thomas's problem was. I think he had the the facts, even about the cross, he finally was getting it, you know, and now he's back, but he just didn't get that. This is all coming through a fellowship with an actual person that became a human. And look, I get that. I think the religious world, people want a list of rules. You know, they want to go to a college course of Christianity. Tell me what I'm supposed to do and what I don't need to do. Give me the bullet. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. So it's for an some experience reason, in a, in, in, with a person it, it, it's, that you can't put into a bullet points. For, for some reason, the Bible is, in fact, the number one selling book every year and has been that way for a long since time. They start, since they started printing books. I want to read you a verse that really, that uh, an argument Paul uses in 2 Corinthians, which I think really goes to the point you were talking about. about the person of Jesus. It's in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Uh, Paul said, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. His, that Him being human, the, everything we've been talking about, that's how we know, right? For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, that's back to Genesis 1, James, we were talking about the breath earlier, Mm -hmm. made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, and catch that, in the face of Christ. I thought that was really interesting because that his physical face, he said he's a representation of that glory, when you see him, and that's why it was so important that he, that he appeared to all these people. But what's even more interesting is in Second Corinthians chapter three, right before this, he talks about the glory of God 
coming on Moses. Remember when Moses would go out, he'd have a little powwow mm -hmm. with God. When he came out, he was literally glowing. So he had to put a veil over his face because as the, as the glowing faded, then the people, they, they stopped believing. So, you know, yeah. even way back in the old days, when, when you get around the glory of God, it's a light up. Well, imagine if God came here as a person, which he did in Jesus, and there's the glory. And even though, like you said, we haven't seen him physically, we see him. I mean, we see it in a lot of different ways. We yeah. see it in we see it in other people. We see it in life change. We see it in ourselves. You know, we see what God does. So it, it's oh. it's pretty amazing how that face still continues on. But it's it's all in the face of Christ. That's where the glory is. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. It's like a lot of people who wait to get married because they just want to get everything right from a financial standpoint, and and it, I see people do the same thing with. You, you share Jesus, you introduce Jesus, and they're like, well, I'm going to wait till I get all my life straight. And I'm like, it just doesn't work that way. It, it's, a, it's a leap of faith in that once you experience Jesus, that's just hard for me to describe until it happens. Because when I first came to Jesus, I was hoping this was true. I was trying to disprove that it was true because I did, didn't want to have a standard of making life choices. And, but once I experienced it, I thought, huh, what was I thinking? <laughs> that <Yeah>. was stupid. <laughs> but there was a moment where I just said, you know what? I, I'm just going to have to take it. And you do the same thing in marriage, which in essence, we're married to Christ. But I, I wanted to go back to something you said, because even in the details of I know we haven't seen him, but when you read this story of this encounter with Mary, I think it reminds me of my own life because she got it wrong. She's standing there crying, and two angels, you know, come up and say, Well, why are you crying? And she's like, Well, I don't know where they've taken my Lord. Well, she still called him my Lord. And I don't know where where they put him. Well, well, she's got this completely wrong. She's blaming somebody for what Jesus actually did. Hollering his body out. Yeah, and I thought, now why are they sharing this little, why, why did this happen? It's kind of like every time, you know, when you see a movie, why, why is this in here? Because I think that's kind of what we do a lot of times. It just doesn't fit. A lot of what Jesus does and, and did and will do doesn't fit what we think should happen. It's not supposed to happen like this. And then so he she turns around and there's Jesus. And he's like, So you were saying <laughs> why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? You know, and then we talked about that last time. Thinking he was the gardener, still hasn't registered. And that's my point is you can have you can have a good heart, which she did. You can be around the right people and go to the right place and still miss what he what he was was saying it's kind of like yes jace every time someone has died before jesus or after jesus they pretty well stayed that way yeah in this case he dies and you look up three days later and you are saying they said that he said i'm, I'm the one that died i'm i'm here yeah it, it, it's just it's pretty tough for you to say, hmm, he conquered death. <clears throat> That's hard to do. Well, I was just making a point with this <laughs> illu illustration that you can, there's a lot of things you can talk about in the Bible. I mean, you can go on for days. But if you miss this moment on Jesus being the Son of God and having the power of doing this and this was all his plan, you just missed it. You're basically spinning your wheels because there's no peace coming from anything else. It's just hey, not going to happen. Let's, yeah. take, uh, let's take one last break. And you know, to your point, the exact same thing happened with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. Because remember, exactly. he didn't, they didn't see him. I mean, they, I mean, he was appearing to them in a different way, but then he asked them about it and the information they gave him back was not right. I mean, we thought well, we had, I think the slogan you know, they said out was, was the one, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to read. We had hoped, and it says their faces were downcast. downcast we had hoped right. that he was the one, but no, they killed him. Yeah. And they're 
having a conversation with him. I'm telling you, we've read this so much. We take for granted these small moments of what that means later on for us because you can be real close to this and miss it. Oh, You can get so close-minded and have a narrative, especially when it comes to rules and regulations, where you miss this experience with a person, Jesus. You know, and, and, and what I mean from an illustrative purpose, a lot of people will walk out of the building and think that they left the eyes of God. They'll leave church, and now he's no longer watching what they do. You know why I know that? Because I've been with people who walked out and then started dropping F-bombs on the way to the... Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, wait a minute here. You wasn't dropping them in there? Well, God was watching there. He ain't watching out here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I think you've missed this. uh, Gordon was telling me a story... Uh, he went on a fishing trip, he and Grant, with this, they, they'd given him for his birthday or something. And he said, this guide they had, he's just F-bomb, 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 F-bomb. So about, you know, 30 minutes into the fishing trip, some that he says something about Phil and Jace or whatever. And then the guy's like, are you talking about the guys from Duck Dynasty? And he's like, yeah. And he said, do you know them? He said, well, I'm, I'm related to them. You know, it's my brother-in-law. And then he said, well, is, is that man Phil, is he a pastor? Uh, or is he a trained pastor? And Gordon said, well, he didn't have, like, formal training, but, yeah, he, he'll preach at the drive of a hat. He said, and me too. And then he said he never said another cuss word for the whole fishing trip. Well, well yeah. <laughs> so it's just well, what I've you're had talking that. I'm surprised happen. Dad got Hundreds. a fishing trip without dropping, dropping the name that he was related to. Well, that. right. Yeah. It's, uh, that, what's more amazing, he waited 30 minutes to drop it on it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I've had that happen hundreds of times. Because plus, you know, if somebody only knows me from Duck Dynasty, because anything I did, anything, anytime I said something serious or spiritual, they never ran that, Uh, which was okay. But, I mean, I've gone to events where they, you know, had a bottle of tequila up there. and They They wouldn't run what I said either, and I don't think it's okay. (laughs) Well, they would let you give some, some wisdom. I think no. Dad's I mean, still that, holding a little grudge nothing. about that. I, I was thinking I need to get away from this bunch. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> they just run the – I was like the silly guy. Uh, okay, I, I I have some silliness to me, but, I mean, I was hoping there was a little more depth. So but Jason, all I was saying is when I've gone to events or a group of people and they're like, party time, you know. I mean, we're – oh, Jay, we fixed to have some, you know. We're going to tie like, one that's, on. Yeah. I mean, it's happened over and over. And then when I break out my Bible in those situations, guess what? Everybody everybody comes to Jesus in a minute. <laughs> oh, they're quoting scriptures and telling about their childhood, you know, memories of church. And y'all you know, look up and the tequila's gone. And, you know, I'm like, what, what happened here? It's called a party crash. Yeah. How you remember the time we, we preached the sermon? You was with me Hell yeah. at the uh, casino. <clears throat> they had a rap band there. They were going. The whiskey was flowing. But they asked me to be their guest speaker. In about 15 minutes, Miss Kay told me later, she said, I've never seen a party shut down like that one did. Dad, mm. you were the original party pooper because you pooped that one. Woo. I mean, you started preaching. Well, look, I like parties. I just like spirit-filled parties. If I mean, only- I'm having just as fun. In First Corinthians 15, after he said, I want to remind you of the gospel, if only for this life, if there's no resurrection, we have hope in Christ. We are to be pitied more than all men. The resurrection is the centerpiece, his death, burial, and resurrection. It's the centerpiece of good news. I've got to know, I've, so I'm just going to ride this thing to the end, and we're going to find out, boys. Well, don't, don't, look, don't take for granted. When he said, peace be with you, here's a dead man that they, they're, they're friends with. Don't take for granted, it said the disciples were overjoyed. They weren't happy. I don't know what the definition of overjoyed, but Peter referenced the same thing. You remember it said, even though you haven't seen him, you are filled. You love him. It says, even though you haven't seen him, I think it's, what is that, First Peter 1, Al? Even though you haven't seen him, you love him. I'm talking about Jesus. Yep. And are filled 
with an inexpressible joy. So a lot of times when people say, well, you that's more than happy people, you know, I'll get up as a joke sometimes, which some people don't get it. I'll get up when I speak. Y'all have heard me do this and I'll, I'll pause and I'll say, I'm as fired up as I've ever been. (laughs) I say it like that. And there's a pause and the third of the people that get it laugh. And I'm making reference to that verse. I'm fit. I, there, the joy that we have in Jesus is really inexpressible. But I was just letting you know with my personality, that was it. But I think you're right. Too. I think I think he, and he grounded them in the moment too, because you know, the Luke version in Luke 24, it said, you know, first they thought it was a ghost. Then he said, no, no, look, and a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. And then he showed him his hands, his feet, and hands and his feet, and verse 41 says, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, in other words, they were so excited he was there, he says, do you have anything here to eat, which we talked about last time, and then he eats the piece of fish, which I think it grounded them in the moment. They're like, they were super excited, but they weren't quite sure who, is this really him, what, what's going on here? They're kind of bewildered, kind of like dad after the sleep, and then it's like, hey, you got something to eat around here. I just think it that solidified the moment that this really was Jesus, and, and he really how, was back. How much? How? What party? I don't care what you're drinking. Can beat a fish fry <laughs> with people that you know are indestructible and are going to live forever. That's exactly. That right. was quite the party. <laughs> well, you're having more fun than me right now. Negative. <laughs> Well, we've talked about it before. We're going to be eating them Opelousas, just the same ones that was over there in the in the Gal- Sea of Galilee and the same ones swimming in the Washtenaw River as well. So I guess we never got to John 21. We'll have to do never that next there. time. But but uh, we I set- thought we were doing John 20 today. We were Well, we, we are. We did. We did it again. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get John 21 next. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. See you next time. John 21 is my favorite chapter in the book of John. Well, I expect big things from you on the next podcast. Hey, get ready. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.